Let's uh, let's pray. Father, tonight we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you always have been, you are, and you always will be, Jehovah. We thank you tonight for the opportunity to look into your word. We thank you, God, that your word is eternally true. We know that only two things on this planet will last forever, and that's people and your word. So tonight we want to look at your word, and we want you to speak to us, and we thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, Happy New Year. Uh, Tammy, I want to thank you for the wonderful gift you gave to us. Uh, It was unexpected. We thank you for it. You know, we love being a part of this group. And being a part of this group is is gift enough. I mean, we love being a part of you and a part of of your lives. And we're even more honored, or I am, that I get to teach the Word to you. It's uh, it's something that that I look forward to more than you'll ever know. So this year, as we get going in our new year, I think we need to make a decision to make the Word of God the standard for this year. You know, a lot of preachers typically, and I have been done, done this many times, try to get a word for the upcoming year. I love what Jackie shared uh, Sunday morning. I think that this needs to be our shalom year. Uh, but for me, I, and this would be the shalom year, I want this to be the year of God's word being made manifest in my life. Amen. I mean, that's what I want. I want the manifestation of what he has said. See, he wants to manifest himself to us as we make His Word the center of all we do. Jesus said in John 14:21, He said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Amen. Jesus told us, He said, if we will, He said, He who hath, the word hath in the, in the Greek here means possess. If we possess the Word, and if we will Keep, the word keep means to keep the eye on it so as to keep it from escaping. We've got to keep our eye on the word. We've got to make sure that in all the circumstances, all that goes on, we keep our eye on his word. Okay, so so we've got to possess it. We've got to keep our eye on the word. And it says the Lord will manifest himself to us. That's pretty important. If we make this the year of his word in our lives, according to the verse, the proof of our love to him is determined by our relationship with His Word. we got to be people who possess and keep the Word of God. So tonight I'm going to start a series. <clears throat> I was asking Kay how long I get to go this time because I've got a long way to go here. I'm going to start a series. It's, it's called Jehovah Rapha. Anyone ever heard that phrase before? Jehovah Rapha. <clears throat> Anybody ever experienced Jehovah as Rapha? The Lord our healer. So we're going to talk about that. I've taught everything I'm going to teach tonight may be old hat to you. And I've taught it all before, but I've never taught it in this particular package that I'm going to teach it. I feel like the Lord showed me some things and I'm very excited about what we're going to discover. Now, you may have you may think you've heard everything about healing. And most of you have been around a long time, but you may have heard it all, but faith doesn't come by having heard. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When the Scripture says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, the, the, the word hearing there doesn't mean having heard one time. It means, it means engaging in it. 
being consistent and continuing in the Word. So tonight we're going to talk about that. Many people, when we talk about healing, many people are disappointed about it because they've tried to believe for healing and they didn't get healed. And so that kind of leaves them with the thought of, of, uh, well, you know, maybe it doesn't work or maybe it wasn't the Lord's will to heal me. The problem is that that, uh, many times people get in condemnation because they didn't get healed. Well, let's just bind that right now in Jesus' name. There's therefore now no condemnation. We're not going to accept condemnation, but we do want to find out what does the Bible say about healing. Many people have been taught... Now, you don't find this in third world countries, but in our country, you find this. People have been taught, well, maybe it's not the Lord's will to heal you. Now, I'm going to show you lots of things over the next several weeks, but I'm going to tell you that's a lie. The Bible, you can't find that one in the Scripture. Or maybe God's trying to teach you something. Well, that's not in the Bible either. All right? See, let me just say this. When we think of the healthcare system, in our world today, in the attempt of government to make a determination about who gets treated and who doesn't get treated, we better know Jehovah Rapha. We need to know that we're part of a covenant that is much higher than than our covenant with the government. Our only covenant with them is they take our money. All right, And it's a one-way deal, and that's the way it works. Listen to this passage of Scripture, if you will. This is in Luke chapter 5, verse 15. The Scripture says, But so much the more there went a fame abroad of Him. Speaking of Jesus, excuse me, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by Him of their infirmities. Isn't that an interesting passage? They came to hear and to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed. Now there's some truth to what that said. Faith comes by hearing. If we're going to operate in this supernatural, divine operation of God, we've got to hear some things. <clears throat> Most of us in this room, if we're having a problem with healing, we probably need to unlearn some things because we've been taught by, by the, the, the American Christian religion certain things that really are not in the Bible at all. So we need to learn. We need to hear and be healed. I wish I could start tonight and teach this subject for seven consecutive nights. Because I believe if I could teach this for seven consecutive nights, all kinds of miracles would begin to take place. Because you would hear enough and healing would come. Not because anybody laid hands on you, but because the Word works when we hear it and hear it. And so, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to teach this tonight. Before we come back in two weeks, I'm going to ask you to re-listen to it. It'll be, Tammy or Bill can show you how to get get it. I want you, now this isn't for my benefit. I don't get any money if you listen to it. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to listen to it because as we hear and hear, the people came to Jesus to hear and be healed. Listen to this verse in Luke six seventeen. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Hear and be healed. Now, both of these passages I just read are from the Gospel of Luke, and it's interesting to me that Dr. Luke points out specifically how the healing operated. They came to hear 
and be healed. Luke was able to connect that there was healing when people were hearing what needed to happen. Listen to this passage of Scripture. This is from Mark chapter five, 6, verse 5. It says, talking about Jesus went back to his hometown and it says, And there, and he could do there no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now, you got to ask yourself this question. Was, was there the power of God present to heal people? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. There was the power of God present to heal them. Literally what it's talking about here is that he couldn't do a whole lot of good work there because nobody came to get what he had. The few that came, he laid his hands on them and they got healed. Here was the remedy. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching. Jesus comes home. Not many people got healed. He marveled at the fact that they didn't want it. His remedy was that he encircled his hometown teaching. What do you think he was teaching about? He was teaching about the kingdom of God. And when he taught about the kingdom of God, people got saved and they got healed. And we see it all the way through the Gospels. Now, I like this. See, if we, if we could just hear. If we could hear what the Word says about healing, it would change all kinds of things. Listen to this verse. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. This is connecting long life to hearing the word. Hearing and long life. If we'll receive what the word says, the Bible promises us long life, and it's always connected with the word. Hearing is essential. Do you know sound is very important? Just hearing. The material world that we live in and its most, most subatomic uh, particles is made of sound and light. The chair you're sitting in, if you can break it down far enough, subatomically, sound and light. Doctors understand that sound can change matter. Sound can change a physical body. If you have kidney stones, what, how do they treat those? They ultraviolet sound and it explodes those things sound can change physical things the sound of god's word coming out of your mouth can change your body when you understand what it says and say what it says i mean that's very important jesus simply spoke healing and bodies aligned with his word now did he do that did that happen because he was the son of god no, it happened because he was the son of man. And that's what he told people. It's because he was the son of man. And he was teaching us, teaching his apostles, how to do the very same thing. And we find they did the same thing in the book of Acts. A couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> our son, our youngest son, had had a pain in his chest for several weeks. It was there over and over again. It was for several weeks. And he complained to us about it one time before. And I guess we were too busy. Now we're, I think it was Christmas Day. I'm not sure, but he complained about this pain in his chest. And I think Tammy and I just had enough of it. And so we said, well, let's just pray. We prayed, laid hands on him. We spoke healing. We didn't pray, God, if it be thy will, heal him. <laughs> because we know what the will of God is. We, said, we, we spoke healing over him. And God is my witness. He's not had a pain since then. Amen. And he had had it for months. Because the Word 
works every time. We have the opportunity to hear and to be healed. Here, that's what I want to happen. I want in, in this group for us to hear and be healed. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. This is all the introduction, by the way. I'm going to get to the meat of it here in just a minute. <laughs> my son, attend to my words. Attend means to prick up the ears and hearken. He says, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. In other words, lean into it. Lean in so you stretch into it so you can hear it. Let them, the words, depart not from thine eyes. Keep them, the words, in the midst of thine heart, for they are life to those that find them, the words, and health to all their flesh. This isn't talking about spiritual healing. It's talking about flesh. It's talking about physical healing. It's talking about the words being health to all our flesh. It doesn't say that it's like health. It says it is health. It is health to all our flesh. Listen to this verse. I hope you're taking notes or you're going to listen to, you're going to, listen to this again. I already know. Proverbs 12, 18. It says, in the King James, it says, the tongue of the wise is health. Listen to what it says in the easy to read Bible. Be wise and your words can heal. Your words can heal. This is in the, in the basic English Bible. It says, the tongue of the wise makes one well again. When our tongue agrees with what God said, it has power and it can make us well again. Because sound creates things. God said, let there be light. And light became there was no sun, there was no moon, there were no stars, but light became at the word of God. Because God spoke it, he believed it, and it came to pass. Man, wise people use words for the desired result instead of using their words proclaiming what they don't want. It's not wise to be saying, I got a headache. It's okay to say, I have a headache, but the answer is, Listen to, these, listen to these verses. Proverbs 15, verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is the breach in the spirit. Let me read it from the Amplified. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Our tongue has healing power. There's healing power. When our words agree with God's word, there's healing power. Proverbs 16, 24. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. When our words agree with God, it brings health to our physical bodies. Man, I tell you, we sometimes we don't understand. The Bible is full of promises about the word bringing health. Jesus is the word. We understand that. He said, he said I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He's the word. He was made flesh. He is the living bread. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the word becomes flesh. When we believe it, when we do like Mary said to Gabriel, she said, be it unto me according to thy word, and the word became flesh. It became what she said. 
Man, there's a word for every season in life, for everything we face. We need to keep our eyes on it. I love what Jesus said in John 6. I'm almost out finishing the introduction. John 6, 63. <clears throat> he said, It's the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. His words are life. The Word of God is not death. The Word of God is life. And so what I want to make this year be is the year that the Word is manifest in my body, in my life, and in my house. We need the Word. We need what God said. Now, let's get to the subject. If you've got a written, if you've got a, a, a paper Bible, you probably have this one underlined a bunch of times. Exodus 15, verse 26. It says, and God said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians. Now here's what I want to get to. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. In my life, I've done lots of funerals. Been to a lot of funerals. Some of those funerals have been with spirit-filled families. Some have been with denominational type families. Some have been with total heathen. But when I do a funeral, almost always they want you to read Psalm 23. Does that ever happen to you, <laughs> Pastor Sheets? They, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he still the shepherd? Yes, he's still the shepherd. We understand that, that that's one of those... those uh, uh, Covenant names of God. The Lord is my shepherd. The first word is, is Yahweh, Yehovah, or Jehovah. And, and the Hebrew word, depending on who you learn from, is probably the word Rohi. Yehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a covenant name. God said it's a, a memorial name. And everybody, if they're a Christian or not, they believe that God is the shepherd. Amen? Amen. All right. It's a covenant name. Well, the Bible has lots of these covenant names, and you know them. I mean, it says the Lord, He is, he is Yahweh Tzidkanu. The Lord is my righteousness. Let me ask you a question. Is He still righteousness? Oh, yeah. There's no righteousness apart from Him. He's always been righteousness. He, he will always be righteousness. He is righteousness now. He was the shepherd. He will be the shepherd. He is the shepherd. It will never change. Another one is, is, is Yehovah Makedesh. He is the sanctifier. And He's still the sanctifier? Yes, you know that He is. He's still Shalom, which means completeness. He's still, it'll never change. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is the Lord who is present with us. He is Jehovah Nissi. He is the banner of our victory. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provision and He sees it and He provides it. He is the Lord, our shepherd. It will never change. In this passage in Exodus 15, 26, it says He is the Lord our healer, Yehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. If he's always been and always will be our righteousness, if he's always been and always will be our shepherd, then he always has been and always will be our healer. It doesn't change. It can't change. That's who he is. He made the declaration here in the book of Exodus that he is the healer. Some translations say he's the cure. He's the great physician. One says that he's the Lord who mends us. 
Which means if He mends us, He fixes us. He's the Lord who fixes us. It will never change. It can't change. The problem is that the church has changed. And we've tried to make the Bible say something it doesn't say. We've tried to say, well, He's the Lord who used to heal. He's the Lord who healed for Jesus. He's the Lord who healed until the last apostle died. Whoever that was and whenever it happened. That isn't what the Scripture teaches us. He is the Lord our healer. He is the Lord our healer. You see, one of the biggest problems in the church where healing is concerned is a lack of understanding about what the Scripture says because we base our faith on what we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. The Scripture says we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. This is one of my favorite subjects in all of the Bible. He is healer. He is the healer. We've got to get it deep in our hearts. Think about this passage of Scripture. Jeremiah 8.22. The Lord asks this question. He says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? what, what, What do you think the answers to those questions are? Yeah, there's a balm in Gilead. Yeah, there, there's a doctor there. And then the Lord says, Why then is not the health of, of the daughter of my people? Why, why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? His question is, Isn't there, isn't there a balm? Isn't there a doctor? Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is, even though the balm is there, even though the doctor is there, the people are not being healed. You say, Why aren't they being healed? Listen, I believe that God could walk into almost every church in America and ask the same question. Is there not the healer here? Why aren't they being healed? What's going on? Why aren't they being healed? He said in Jeremiah 17, 14, I love this passage, and we're going to talk a lot about this type of thing over the weeks. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Now, here's the interesting thing in this passage. Healing and salvation are grouped together. Do you know the Scripture never separates them? They're always. We're going to look at it over the weeks. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, they are grouped together. Heal me, and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved. You see, healing and salvation are together because they both come from the same source and the same provision is made for both of them. That's, if that's new to you, we're going to study it. We're going to find out how is that. See, when I preach Jesus in third world countries, it's a whole different thing than preaching Jesus here. They have never heard that it might not be the will of God to heal them. They've never heard of Jesus, number one. And when you preach Jesus to them and you declare to them that Jesus is both Savior and healer, guess what happens? They get saved and they get healed. Because no one ever said to them, that's passed away. They've never one time heard that it might not be the will of God to heal somebody. 
They've never heard it. They don't know the difference. I was preaching one time in Santiago, Chile, and, and I'm preaching to this group, and I can't remember the, the sermon I was preaching, but I talked about Jesus being the healer because that's what I talk about in third world countries. And I talked about this same Jesus that will save you. Well, no. I said this same Jesus wants to heal you as much as he wants to save you. They brought to me a little boy who had never spoken a word in his life. He was about eight years old. He could not speak. He was totally dumb. They brought him to me. We prayed for him. And I mean, I said, now say Jesus. The interpreter told him to say Jesus. And that little boy looked up at me. His eyes got real big and he said, Jesus, as clear as I just said it to you. He didn't know Jesus couldn't heal him. He had never one time heard that maybe it was for somebody else. He simply believed that Jesus was the Savior and Jesus was the healer. You see, we've separated the two things. I was in Quetzaltenango, Guatemala one time. They had, we had this breakfast for these people that we, we went, we've got on buses. We went through the city and picked up all the drunks that had, were sleeping on the streets. We told them they'd get in the, in the van, they could have breakfast. Most of them said, okay. So they got in the van, we took them to the church. They washed, they, they, hadn't, they hadn't seen a bathroom in a long time. They washed up, they had a nice breakfast. And, 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 and uh, the preacher was preaching. And, and we picked up this guy whose arm was withered. I mean, it was, it was just withered. He couldn't move it. He couldn't use it. It was just withered. And the preacher preached, and he said, if you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you lift your right hand right now. And that guy looked at his arm. I was watching him because I thought, what's he going to do? He looked at his arm, and he lifted it up. Why? He didn't know Jesus couldn't heal him. He heard that this Jesus is both Savior and healer. They're not two different things. Listen to these verses. Isn't this fun? Mm, I get excited about it. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And now, now, the word all is important because it, it seems to emphasize the word all here. And all that is within me, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his one benefit. No, no, it says all of his benefits. The word benefits is plural. If you talk to the church today, most people think there's one benefit. And that is you get to go to heaven when you die. And if that's the only one you get, that's cool. That's the best one. But he says all of his benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. The next verse says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. We could probably gather the preachers of all the churches in town and they would all agree on that. First half of this verse. He forgives all of your sins. I mean, he'll forgive all of them. I mean, it, there's no sin that he will not, not forgive. He'll forgive you of all of them. That's a pretty powerful thing. The churches agree. But then it has a second half of the verse. Who healeth all of thy diseases. Not just the easy ones. All of them. The scripture makes no distinction between the forgiving and the healing. He heals all. He forgives all. These are benefits. These are the benefits. It's a short list or some more that he goes on to. But I'm telling you, I'm thinking the first two are the most important two. 
Because that's what he lists first. He forgives all. Listen, there is not one person. Think about it. God, nobody's going to say to somebody who's, who's, who's wanting to be forgiven, well, God wants to teach you a lesson, so you've got to wait a while. No, God's ready to forgive him now. Right now. When's he ready to heal? Right now. We're going to look at some more about that in a minute. The benefits. He forgives all. He heals all. The problem, no one has a problem with him forgiving us. Right? I mean, none of us have a problem with that. It's easy to believe for forgiving, but they have a problem that he heals us. See, he's still the healer. He's the healer of all my diseases. He has not changed. He didn't become the Lord that used to heal, the Lord that only heals the chosen lucky ones, the one that heals some and teaches others a lesson and keeps them sick. He is still the Lord that heals all. He's never changed. He heals them all. That statement, that verse in, in, in Psalm 103, verse 3, is true for all times. It is not going to change. It's never going to change. You see, I've said this before, but truth is not relevant. Truth is not changing. There's no such thing as my truth. There is the truth. The other day, the Speaker of the House was talking to the Secretary of something, and the Secretary has given the, the facts about the border. And the Speaker of the House said, well, I reject your facts. The facts are the facts, man. I mean, there's the, the truth is the truth. We live in a world where we've tried to make the truth relevant. My truth, your truth. The truth is not dependent upon my feelings, and it's not dependent upon my experience. The truth is the truth. We've got to find the truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. He, talk, he said, the Father, his word is truth. The Bible is true. I can't base my belief on my experience or on your experience. Yeah, but I knew somebody that didn't get healed. That doesn't change the truth. The truth is the truth. I knew somebody who didn't get saved. Does that mean it's not the will of God to save everybody? I talked to a guy in a hospital bed. He's dying in Amarillo. I said, I shared with him that he needed to make Jesus the Lord of his life so he could go to heaven. I'll never forget. He looked at me and he said, I'm not ready. And I said, what is it going to take for you to get ready? They're saying you're going to die overnight. See, he chose. I can't base, but that guy didn't get saved. Does, does that my experience? And now I decide nobody can get saved? It must not be the will of God to save him? <clears throat> Listen, anything that is relative is not the truth because it doesn't change. It doesn't change. Jesus told us that God's word is truth in John 17, 17. They told us in John 8, 31 and 32. You know these verses. And then Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. What truth will make you free? The truth you continue in and know. And there's freedom in knowing that it's not relative. God is not updating the truth for our generation. He's not up in heaven saying, oh, we need, you guys need to update the truth 2.0. <laughs> it's the truth. And it's the truth always. The Word of God is true. See, the truth for the healing, the truth for the new birth, 
are the same all the time. It's not going to change. We may change the method we preach it. We may change and have smoke on the stage or whatever we do. But the truth is the truth. And the only way to get born again is through Jesus Christ. I'm not opposed to the smoke on the stage. I didn't need it to get born again. And, you know, some do. I don't care. Listen, just because someone didn't get healed doesn't negate the truth. Doesn't mean he's not Jehovah Rapha. Just because they didn't get didn't receive forgiveness doesn't negate the reality that he's Jehovah Zidkano. You see, the truth is a truth for all time. We need to get hold of the truth. We can't base our belief in salvation on who does and doesn't get saved. Man, I've preached some sermons and I've seen conviction come on people and I know that I know I know they want to get up and make Jesus the Lord of their lives and they reject it for some reason, but that doesn't mean it wasn't God's will for them to get saved. I mean, they, they, what is, see, I've talked about healing and there are those who, I mean, just because they didn't get healed doesn't mean it's not the will of God to heal them. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that he's, he's against them in some way. See, faith has to be based on what God said. And we've got to be hearing and hearing so faith arises in our hearts. So the question, does he forgive all? Yes, he does. We'd never say it's not his will to forgive anyone. We'd never say that. I mean, they'd have to stay lost. I mean, God's not going to say, you need to stay lost for a while so I can get glory from this. So you can get a better testimony. You just stay lost for another year or two. That's, that's ridiculous. He heals all he forgives all. The truth sets us free. Yes. You know what? I got the truth and I've been free from the fear of hell since I was a little boy. It set me free. Set me free from the fear of rejection. Man, it's harder sometimes to believe that all are forgiven than all are healed, isn't it? Why do you think that is? Because the healing has to do with what we can see, hear, taste, touch, feel. And that makes it harder to believe, doesn't it? Or we think it should. We've not been taught the right thing. We've been taught that it's conditional. We've been taught all these things. We need mind renewal with regard to healing. So that we can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I'm going to tell you, it's health. It's healing and it's life. Yeah, but don't we all have to die sometime? Yes, but we don't have to be sick. I mean, you mean you don't have to be sick to die? No, you can just be old and go. I mean, listen, the Apostle Paul, there's so much to say here. The Apostle Paul said, he said, I don't know which is better. To stay here with you or to go be with him, which is far better. But I'm choosing to stay with you. He chose. He knew he had a choice. Long life. Listen, listen to this, what Jesus said. Matthew 18, 14. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. He said, it's not the will of God for any of these to perish. God doesn't want people perishing. 
Yet they do all the time. First Second Peter three nine says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." What's the will of God? That all repent, that everybody go to heaven. Yet, yet even though that's His will, people are not receiving it. Does that make it mean that 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 we can't be forgiven? No. His will, His will is that we be saved. His will is that we be healed. That's what He wants in our lives. We, 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 see, the question isn't the will of God. The question is, is our willingness to receive what He said. We've got to have our minds renewed. We've got to meditate and meditate on the Word and let the doubt be pushed out. The Word is truth. The Word is truth. We've got to change the way we think and believe. God's not going to change. He's already decided. Okay, now I'm getting ready to get to the fun part of this whole message. <laughs> Listen to Psalm 86.5. This is really good. Psalm 86.5. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. I love this. He is ready to forgive. When is he ready? He's always been ready. I don't know how many of you didn't get saved the first time you went to church and the first time you heard the gospel. And maybe you went and you said, I don't believe that. You walked out. Was God ready? He was ready right then. He was ready. God is ready. He wasn't ready just when you believed. He's always been ready to forgive you. Always. When you sin now, that's not when he found out about it, not when you repented. He's ready to forgive you right now. He's ready. He's always ready to forgive. He's ready. As we study the Bible over the next few times, we're going to find out that forgiveness and healing are in the same package. And so if he's ready to forgive, We're going to find out he's ready to heal. He's ready. He's both Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Zidkanu. He will never change. His will is life. When was he ready? Always has been ready. Now let me take you to a story. Isaiah chapter 38. It says, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet The son of Amos came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. What's the will of God? Is God's will for him to be sick? Is God's will for him to die? Now the thought is, well, that's what God said. Well, we've got to read more of the Bible to figure this one out. See, God's will is not death. It's not sickness. Here's, if, we, if we could paraphrase this, he's saying to Hezekiah, under the present circumstances, Hezekiah, you're going to die. You need to make some changes if you want to live. That's basically what he's saying to Hezekiah. He said, under what's happening now, you're going to die. Verse 2, then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord. Turning his face to the wall is a picture of repentance. It's a picture of returning, if turning away from the circumstance and turning to God. 
is a picture of, of, of getting beyond what's natural into something supernatural. It says, it says, he prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I walk before thee in truth with a perfect heart, have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah swept, wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I've heard thy prayer, I've seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. What's the will of God? Healing. What's the will of God? Life. The will of God. You know, if you're the prophet, it's like, go tell him he's going to die. You go tell him, you leave. No, now go tell him he's going to live. It's like, make up your mind. <laughs> it wasn't God who had to change, though. Do you see that? It was Hezekiah who needed to change. God's the same. I mean, the will of God is life. The will of God is healing. Hezekiah had to change. And I mean, and God brought healing into his body. So uh, there's a whole lot more I could read from this, but I'm going to skip down to verse 19. Hezekiah is now talking. He's healed now. But this is what he said. He's, he's talking. He said, The living, the living shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. We've been talking about truth earlier. He's getting ready to tell us the truth. He's getting ready. We're going to know what the truth is. Verse 20. The Lord... This is the truth. The Lord was ready to save me. That's the truth. He was sick. He was going to die. The truth is, the Lord was ready to save him. He said, therefore, we will sing my song to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. He said, here's the truth. God was ready to save me. And for the next 15 years, we're going to worship God every day. He said God was ready. When was he ready? He's always been ready. He was ready to heal him before he ever got sick. He was ready. The word, the phrase ready to save, the Hebrew word is yasha, which means to save, to deliver, to heal. God was ready. He's always ready. It's similar to the word in the New Testament that is sozo, translated heal, save, be well and be whole. Deliver is what it's talking about. God is ready now to save. He's ready now to heal. He's ready now to forgive. I mean, He is the healer and He is righteousness. He is ready right now. Forgiveness and healing are the top two benefits. Now, let me just, I'm going to go someplace because I think we just need this. It says in verse 21, he says, The Lord's ready to save. And he says, For Isaiah said, Let them make, take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil, and he shall recover. Now, I'm getting ready to just beat condemnation's head in right now. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord God, told them to use a natural assist. So he could be healed supernaturally. Who's the healer? Is it the figs? No, it's God. But he told them to use a natural assist. Here's where the devil gets in. He comes in and he says, you don't have any faith because you're taking aspirin for that headache. It's time to say, shut up now, devil. You're the one going to have the headache in just a few minutes. <laughs> 
They used a natural assist. There is nothing uncommon about God using a natural assist to accomplish healing in your body. Is that good? I mean, Kirk, we say, well, I had to have a knee replacement. Is that not faith? Well, if your knee hurts and the doctor said he could help you, I think that's faith, don't you? You see, healing is one of the benefits. God is not opposed to natural assists in getting you healed. I mean, it's not uncommon for the natural and the spiritual to work together. God gave men brains. They've invented all kinds of medicines to help you. Now, we need to seek God first. He needs to be the first one we call on. But you know what? I've been to the doctor and they saved my life before. I don't feel bad about it because I'm here teaching you the Word. I don't think God is saying, you know what? You can't teach the Word because you went to the doctor. How foolish would that be? The Apostle Paul, his traveling companion, you know who it was? Luke. What was Luke's occupation? He was a doctor. He was a physician. The Bible calls him the beloved physician. Not the beloved guy who used to be a physician because it was bad. He was a physician. Paul needed this guy to go with him. Paul, I mean, Paul got beat up more than any of us have ever been beat up all put together. He needed somebody who knew what to do. He needed somebody to tape his feet when they broke all the bones in his feet. He needed someone to help him along the way. He needed that. In fact, I'm guessing that when Paul told Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach, I'm guessing Luke told him to tell him that. My guess only. You can't prove me wrong. So we'll just go from there. This doctor was there with him. Jesus said it's the sick that need a physician. We need to understand some things tonight. God wants you well. He is our first, our first go-to. And it's okay if my first go-to says, go to the doctor, he'll help you. It's okay. I hope this is helping you right now. You talk about healing, people get condemned all the time. It's like, I just don't have enough faith. I don't know what to do. Well, God's for healing. See, he wants to save. He wants to heal. He's ready to heal all. He's ready to save all. His word is life. His will is forgiveness and healing. He's ready to do it. Now, next time, we're going to look at some passages that are going to put together his will to forgive and to heal. Here's the goal. I want to give us enough word that we'll have faith for it. What happens to most Christians is they get a little bit of word and they don't really have enough faith. They try it. It doesn't work. And now they think God can't do it. And then they develop this theology that says, well, maybe it's not God's will to heal me. Well, no one's ever been healed of this thing. Listen, people are healed all the time. Because God's word is true. Man, again, I'd like to teach this for seven nights in a row. I'm not going to. I'm going to teach it tomorrow night at a different group. If you want to hear it again. It'll also be where you can get it online. But we need to be people who understand He is now, always will be, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Let's pray. Father, tonight I thank You that You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer. It is your will for us to be saved and to be healed. The benefits are many. 
but among them are that you heal all our diseases. We thank you, God, that you are who you say you are. We believe we receive it tonight. We thank you for it. We magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.